May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Good evening, and indeed it is a good evening. When I was a young man in my, I guess, late 20s, I had that type of confidence that nothing could take me down. And it would be about this kind of confidence as I was a young leaving seminary when I was with Joe in Ambridge, Pennsylvania, I would move across country to take a youth ministry position in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And with that confidence of both what seminary had instilled with me as a young seminarian that was going to go change the world, as well as just that confidence that can come with being a young man, uh, as I moved into that house in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and got everything situated, I found myself with just how beautiful Teton National Park, as well as Yellowstone, I just wanted to get out to see and to build that courage, maybe a little bit, test it a little bit. And it would be in that I would head out and plan a little hiking trip. And what I wanted to do, for my first time out there, I had found a little out in Teton National Park, a three-mile little loop. And I had prepared what I thought would be the perfect amount of stuff, one 32-ounce bottle, water bottle filled with fresh water, as well as some bear spray and some food, enough for that three-mile hike. So, of course, I get out there, everything is going well, and I am just in awe of my new surroundings. But then, as being one of those that can get, get lost in a sleeping bag, I, it, either, it either wasn't uh, labeled very well, or I just didn't know, exact, didn't see it, and just didn't do the right thing. But I ended up going off on another trailhead that left off, off of that small three-mile loop. And what I would end up doing, I would get on a one-way, kind of back and forth, no loops, 21 miles to the next destination with nothing in between. That was a, a good trail, but in a, in a heavily traveled trail, but it was for those that liked the almost marathon hikes, 21 miles. So I get down after making that mistake a little bit, and I start thinking in my head, surely I've gone three miles. And it doesn't feel like I'm doing much of a loop by any stretch of the imagination. And at that point, the mind started saying, maybe turn back. But of course, I wanted to see how much further it went. And of course, I could do that in that confidence. Well, much later, down that trail, I had emptied that 32 ounces of fresh water. And one thing that I had forgotten, I had access to stream and river water, but I did not bring iodine pills or any, any way to make clean water out of river water. So I didn't, not wanting to get sick, I had exhausted the water, exhausted the food, and all of a sudden, my body began to tell me, you're getting dehydrated. And I would end up having to stay the night a cold, you know, thankfully it was August and I had enough clothes, but it was the first time out there. And that false confidence that I mentioned in the very beginning of the sermon, uh, it, it started to wane. 
very quickly. Like I slept cradled with my bear spray just in case one of those things was going to come by. The next morning, the fear deepened and it grew. As I realized, okay, I've had a good night's sleep. I have no idea. I'm going to keep pressing forward because I have come too far and surely something, the end of this trailhead, or maybe I'll come across a person. And I, and I was like, okay, ready to go. And I woke up and fell over. And then to realize the headache that I had, how my muscles were cramping, I had never felt starvation or dehydration this severe before, and I could not carry on. Thankfully, good Samaritan, God sent one of those hikers by me, and with no judgment and pure care, that hiker said, oh my gosh, do you need help? And he would save me. With, he had all kinds of water to offer me, and he gave me gummy bears. And gummy bears, <laughs> eat it, seriously, after about an hour eating gummy bears and drinking probably a, a lot of the water that he brought, he helped me. I had enough strength at that point. I had gone a majority of the way, and we had three miles left to go out the other end, but he got me there. And God used him in my life It's just a, a, as a saving grace in that moment. But I just recall, as we begin and turn our attention to the passion, which we just heard Father Joe read, that thirst and that, that type of dehydration. I want you to remember that, but we have to remember the context of why we're here, why we now turn our attention into that John version of the, of the passion story. On this Good Friday, we remember all the way back in Genesis with Adam and Eve as they ate of that fruit, that being the recorded time that original sin had entered the world. And upon original sin coming in, Adam and Eve are separated from relationship with God. And not just separated, when God comes to look for them, they are so ashamed and have so much fear of what God may do to them in that action and original sin coming with it that they hide. And they leave in that separation in which they're living, they're separated and hiding from God. Well, what we have today in the passion narrative and Jesus dying on the cross was the answer for that problem of original sin coming into the world. That is why we gather Tonight. And there are so many things in the passion narrative that I, that I could pick to preach on, but I wanted to focus towards the end of the story. The two words or statements that actually come out of Jesus' mouth before we hear that he bows his head and, uh, and gives up his spirit and he dies on the cross. The first of those, and the story that I opened up with is, I am thirsty, or I have thirst. And we hear, as, as it, this is actually a telling of Psalm 69. In John, it, in, the, in the passion narrative we have for this year, that John, he doesn't go into a lot of the, the really gory details 
of the brutality of the cross. But he gives us all these seemingly little details which actually have great significance and for us coming to an understanding of why Jesus had to die the type of death that he did and why he was the only one that could do it. Well, this line, of course, Jesus, with all that he had been through, as he says this line, I am thirsty. We have a little line in there from John that actually said, this and all the other things that you read uh, happened to fulfill scripture or to fulfill prophecy. And it, even for us, all these years later, it tells us the significance of the cross, even for us in our lives today. And as we hear that, I am thirsty, with John saying there's more to it than just as Jesus says that, realizing that he is about to give up his spirit and that he is about to die. This is him quoting Psalm 69. Just like he, he quotes a lot of Psalm 22 that we read responsively together, he quotes Psalm 69 in this story of the putting the sponge up in him with vinegar on it. And we have to go bar- to get the full meaning. Of course, he was probably a type of thirsty that any of us could not ever imagine as what he has gone through physically. But as we, we have to, if we borrow from Jeremiah, the prophet, in the second chapter, we hear that the line thirsty or the idea of thirst in the Old Testament had a much deeper spiritual meaning to it. Back in that second chapter of Jeremiah, the prophet tells us that it's a twofold meaning. One, that thirst means emptiness. And then a second meaning, as we hear in that second chapter of Jeremiah, is that the people of God had actually walked away from the source of the living water. They had walked away from their relationship with God. And as that Jeremiah 2 explains it, they had made cisterns that had holes and that were broken in the bottom. And in running away from God, they still had a dryness within their souls. And they ran to many other things looking for the type of living water that God could offer them. But they were constantly thirsty and they never were satisfied. This is the twofold meaning which prepares us for the final words that Jesus spoke before he died on the cross. We go from I am thirsty to the word and the statement, it is finished. Those words are so powerful for us. It is finished. And you ask, what, what is finished? The redemptive plan that God all the way in the the Garden of Eden that we talked about when original sin came in, this Jesus dying on the cross and saying these words, it has both something profound for the time. It was actually written for the time Jesus would die on the cross as we are heading to the climax of Easter. And then it even means something for us as it continues to work in our life. You see, the Greek word that is used for that statement, it is finished, is in the perfect tense. 
which means that plan that God had throughout all the ages with Jesus dying on the cross, with the judgment and wrath of God being poured out upon the second person of the Trinity there upon Jesus, that plan has come true. And as he comes out of the grave, it will solidify it. But it also means, being the perfect tense with that statement, it is finished, that the work is ongoing. Even in our hearts and in our walks of faith right now, as one day God will come to take us home and we will be with him. This is how profound the work of the cross is. The gospel plan laid out, it is finished, but it continues into our lives even as we gather this evening. And as we are reminded by the prophet in that story of I am thirsty, it is Jesus saying, I am the one, the one who has come, the Messiah and the King. With that I ask you a few questions in closing. Do you tonight find yourselves empty and your soul has even maybe run away from God as we understood that Old Testament understanding of it and you have have broken cisterns and that you were looking for the type of water in a thousand other places that can lead you but not fulfill you or satisfy you? By the grace of God, may it be revealed to you where you are empty and how the living water of God can meet you and fill you. Just like Adam and Eve, as they were separated from God and hiding in fear or even in shame, do you have places in your life where you are hiding or where you have run away from God in fear or shame? Secret sin you still carry that nobody but you and God know about. And instead of dealing with it, you run away. Well, may the grace of God come into those areas of your life as we approach Easter. Or much like I was on that trail and I was lost, but thank God I was found. Do you have areas where you are lost and need to be found? Well, in this flip, as Jesus dies and as we prepare for what awaits us, the joy of the celebration of Resurrection Sunday, just as we remembered last Sunday the story of the triumphal entry, and as Jesus would ride into the cries, Hosanna, save us now, may we realize how we are indeed saved and redeemed by his cross and how that work continues within us and covers us all. And may our own shouts of Hosanna prepare on Sunday to to be a new song of praise that says, Hallelujah. May Hosanna change for us all to Hallelujah. Amen.